since you've been gone, tears fall from my eyes. I love you. Feel what I feel. You can't cause you ain't me. Unless you can walk in the shoes that I'm in Or feel the pain that would never ever end The hurt in my heart, it can never really heal I'm in a nightmare, can't wake up to end Deep cut with no tools and no pressure Hey everyone, welcome to Love Everyone Equally Welcome I'm your girl, Delta, a.k.a. Delightful I'm um, Eugene, a.k.a. The Truth And this is our first episode that we're doing on this podcast Yes And um, we decided to do a podcast about grief. Um, As parents, we recently lost our eldest son, um, Elijah, four months ago, four or five months ago. Um, It was an unexpected passing. Um, He was 18 years old, and um, he was the light of our life, pretty much. he was a good kid. It was um, an awesome, amazing young man. And um, we wanted to express what we're dealing with, how we're coping, what we're doing to cope, and how this loss has affected us. Yeah. Um, so I first I want to start off, and I want to thank everyone for listening to us um, We hope that This We hope that What our experience Is Is A comfort for someone That might be Experience Something similar um, We are, I, I have to say that This is a disclaimer We are not professionals We are just Parents that Lost A child And We are still Reeling from that loss And we wanted to Talk about Him and how We are Trying to move on and just Understand and deal with This traumatic Situation that happened to us So um Welcome and thank you for listening To us I want to start off with the definition of grief. And it says that grief is a deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. So um, just a brief introduction. Our 18-year-old son, Elijah, passed away um, back in October of 23. Yeah. It was so unexpected. Um, I woke up that morning like I do every other morning to wake him up for work to drop him off at this point you know truth was gone or Eugene was gone to work so I got up around about maybe 5 30 ish you know knocked on his door and was waiting for him to you know say something like okay mom I'm ready wait give me five more minutes so like I normally do I Got me some coffee ready And I went outside to start um, Our car to let it warm up I noticed that when I came back in He wasn't saying nothing and Or he hadn't gotten up So um, I knocked on his door again And he wasn't saying nothing And uh, of course Elijah is a, He was a heavy sleeper So I figured that he probably stayed up 
late talking on the phone to his friends or um, was on a video game. So um, I jimmied his his door open and I went in there and I found him. He was kind of like halfway off the bed, but he was, you know, sleep nonetheless. So I'm shaking him like, hey, Elijah, wake up. And he wouldn't get up. So I went to his brother. I went to his brother room. I was like, hey, um, Zaya, can you go in and wake your brother up? Let me because I, I need to make me some coffee. I'm going to brush my teeth and wash my face and, you know, get my stuff ready for work. So um, he was like, yeah, yeah, sleepily. So he went in there and um, he was trying to wake him up. And he's like, ma, he's not waking up. And so I'm like, what? why is this? You know, I'm thinking, myself, why is this boy playing with me? So um, I go into the bathroom and I get a damp rag and I go back into his room and I'm, you know, squeezing the wet water in his face because I've done that in the past where, you know, you get some wet water in your face that's cold. It's going to wake you up. And um, nothing. He, he, he didn't respond or anything. So um, at this point, you know, me and Zayday is um, panicking because we don't know what's going on. And we're trying to get him all the way up in the bed. Now, I got to tell you guys, Elijah, all through high middle school, school and, and high school, he played football. He was an offensive line lineman. And he was like 300 and maybe 20 pounds. <laughs> and I'm at best maybe 200 pounds. And Isaiah is probably like 240. And we are struggling to get him up on the bed because not only is he a big dude, but he's solid. So um, we was able to get him on the bed. So Isaiah had me to cut off his fan. And he was like, Ma, just, I'm, I'm trying to, he's shaking him. And he's like, Ma, just take his um, pulse. So I grab his wrist and I don't feel anything. I don't feel a heartbeat or anything. And he was very cold or, or cool to the touch, touch I'll say. Um, and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel a pulse. And he was like, well, let me do it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get my cell phone. So I go get my cell phone and I call 911 because he said he didn't feel anything. He didn't. He wasn't picking up a pulse or whatever. So um, the operator tells us to get him to the floor and start CPR. Well, we barely could get him back on the bed. So we are struggling trying to get him on the floor. But by the grace of the most high, we was able to. And Isaiah started doing CPR on him and I'm you know counting with him as well as with the operator and she's asking me for information and what happened and at this point I'm panicking I'm nervous I'm scared my heart just dropped it sank it it, it it's cracking I, I didn't know what to do I'm pretty much blacked out um finally um first responders get there uh the police officers and I let them in and um they tell us to come out of the room and they start doing CPR and then finally you know the ambulance paramedic got there and they was doing CPR and they told us to go into another room so we go into the kitchen and I'm just 
praying like, oh, my God, please, please don't please let them be able to revive him. And um, when they came out and told us that he was gone, I lost it. I, I, I couldn't believe that this was happening. And I'm, I'm screaming. I'm crying. I'm just devastated because my baby was gone. And um, my son was holding me. And he was crying. He was upset. And he was trying to comfort me. And um, I, he called his dad. And he was like, Dad, you need to come home. And I remember screaming that Elijah was gone. And he needed to get home right now because it was too much. And I was yelling at the um, policeman and everybody to get out of my way. I need to go back in here and see my child and wake my child up. And I go back in there, and he's just laying there peacefully. You know, he was just he was just sleeping. And I'm I remember like you know getting on down on the floor on my knees, and I'm shaking him, and I'm just you know telling him to wake up. Don't leave, Mama's here. Just wake up. You know, everything's gonna be alright. But you gotta wake up. And I'm crying, and I'm just telling him I love him, and just wake up and I, I just couldn't you know I just couldn't believe it we had just seen him maybe like six seven hours earlier and he was full of life he was on the video game he was playing with his friends he came into the room and he gave his dad some dap and I remember um Eugene looking over at me saying wow that's a big boy and I'm like yeah and I'm just thinking man he gonna be something amazing and now, seven hours later, he was gone. And for me, it was it's it's just been devastating. It's just been devastating. Um, so I'm gonna um, give my my version of that morning. Um. I woke up like usual around 3.30, 3.15. <sighs> that morning I got up, washed my face, and brushed my teeth. Um, started the car up. It was probably around 3.45. I probably walked out the house between 4 to 4.15 in the morning. Um, that morning, I, you know, I never go in this room or anything. I never go in Isaiah room, which I regret. Um, I'm at work. I probably get to work around 4:55, five o'clock. I'm at work and um, I get a call from Isaiah telling me to get home. Like as soon as I got that call, it's like um, everything around me went silent and I'm like okay get home so I said something to somebody at work I don't know what it was but I heard it in Isaiah's voice that it was something serious 
So I'm a thinker. So I start thinking, like, what the hell happened this morning? Did Delta and <laughs> Elijah get into it because he didn't want to get up and go to work? Like, holy shit, uh, you know, hope everything is okay. So I left my 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 personal phone, but I got my work phone with me. So I get in the car and uh, I call I uh, Isaiah back, and he's like, "Dad, get home." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. I'm on my way. What's going on? What's going on?" And he's like, um, "You just need to get home." And I said, what's going on? And he's like, Eli, Eli, gone. And I'm like, Eli, gone. And I hear Delta in the background just crying hysterically and stuff. And she gets on the phone and she's like, Eli's gone. And she's like crying. And I'm like, nah, nah. She fucking with me. Why she... Why she playing games, you know? Like, this, that ain't funny. Like, this ain't funny, you know? She like to play games. Sometimes, like, you know, say some stuff just to get my blood going and then be like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. So that's what I'm hoping at this point. That's what this is, is you know? But extreme. Like, she took it too far. And I'm going to just be pissed the fuck off at her. So I'm driving, and it's hitting me like, this shit real so I called my boss and I'm like I'm crying bad I'm crying so I'm like man I'm going home you know and he heard he heard my distress and he was like what's going on I was like man I think my son gone he said you think and I'm like yeah he's like why are you saying you think and I'm like like, cause uh, that's what Delta said, but I think she messing with me. I, you know, he's like, dude, she wouldn't be messing with you over that. Like, that's just hurry up, and get home, man. I, I talk to you later. I'm like, all right. So, uh, I'm driving. You know, I got a 45 minute ride home, 45 to an hour. So I'm driving. I take the toll road, and I'm on the toll road, and my mind just going 100 miles an hour. So I'm like, man. So I called my mom. And I'm, you know, crying, trying to stay focused. So I, I t she picks up, and I'm like, Mom, Eli gone. And she's like, what? And she was asleep, like, because this is 6 in the something in the morning. And I'm like, Eli gone. And she's like, what do you mean? What happened? And then I kind of tell her what took place. And she's like, where you at? And I tell her, driving trying to get home and she's like well just drive careful be you know drive careful get there and um you okay you okay and I'm like no like no I'm not okay like this shit can't be real and um she like you know just be calm you know you, you gotta ride and stuff and like Everything just became, I was on the road by myself. I was just driving. And the time lapsed, because now I'm just in and out. So 
I guess like 10 minutes, I'm 10, 15 minutes down the road, and she's like, where you at? I forget I'm even on the phone with her. So I'm like, I'm like 10, 15 minutes away. She's like, you okay? And I was like, no. So I pull up, uh, Isaiah calls me when I'm like down the street. And I told my mom I call her back. And he's like, dad, where you at? And I'm like, I'm almost there, I'm down the street. And he's like, okay, hurry up and all that type stuff. So I'm like, all right, so I pull up and I pull up to the garage door, the police there and everything. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Um, I don't remember seeing Delta. I don't remember seeing Isaiah. I know I just wanted to get to him. And I'm like, um, They was like trying to hold me from getting to the room. And I'm like, they like, you okay, you know? And I'm like, I just need to see him. So, um, when I went to the room, And I saw it seemed like life left him. Like life wasn't in his body. So tears start falling. Just poor. And I stared at him for like felt like forever so uh he was like you know I'm like what happened you know I asked him what happened he's like well we don't know or whatever and then they start asking me like uh, he got this cough syrup in his room you know the one officer detective said I'm like cough syrup I'm like okay and I'm like so you think he was taking cough up and it caused him to die? So now I'm thinking drug related. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, he ain't gonna kill himself. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, that ain't where he gonna. He would want to go. He's too, too cheerful. You yeah, know what I'm saying? He was too full of life. You know, he he had his whole life ahead of him. You know, it was things that goals and dreams that he had. So. Me as a mother, I knew that was never the case with him being on drugs. And plus, that was cancer because he had suffered. He had um, allergies. So that was old cancer from maybe six months that he had earlier. So, you know, when he was um, having issues with like seasonal allergies or hay fever. So... For me, I knew that was never the case. I, I'm not saying that my ch- my children didn't probably experiment, but I knew them. I knew that me and Eugene raised them to not do stuff like that or to talk to us. So as a mother, when, you know, hearing something like that, 
it was pissing me off because it's just like, you know, no parent wants to hear that when they find their child in that predicament. And I I know for me, I went blank. Um, everything just went black. Like everything, everything and everyone was moving at normal speed. But for me, it was like everything was in slow motion for me. Very slow. And um, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that he was on drugs or anything like that. But we all experiment. Mm-hmm. We all try stuff. And, you know, my thing is he was around somebody and he tried something and it had a negative effect to him. I knew he wasn't. Just sniffing cocaine. But I know the environment that these kids these days, especially being in the area that we've been in, you know what I'm saying? I know, you know. They have access to that stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's access to it. And you just try it, even though I knew he was a leader. But just we all slip up. Mm-hmm. And just for them to say that, it's like. Did he try something and he had a very negative response to it? Yeah. So, um, the going through the whole process of the after that day, for me, I was, I was not mentally sound. I'll just say that. Me neither. Um, I think I think so many people I, I can't even name them I just think our our support staff our community because they really helped us um, we received so much help from like other parents um, the uh, football booster club um, I don't want to say their names just in case you know I don't want them to get upset but they know who they are I'll just say H and D um, they helped us out so much um, because for us with this happening it was so unexpected and we were not prepared financially for it um, who I, who prepares for something like this who prepares to lose a healthy 18 year old child yeah prematurely yeah you, you never prepare as a parent, you always is prepared or you're trying to prepare them for life after you might leave. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So for it to be the other way around. It's devastating. It is. So I just I want to thank all those wonderful people out there um, that for their kind words, their love. Um, the community support. was it, yeah. the community, like you know, came up and you know came out and and really short showed us um, unbelievable support. Without mm-hmm. them, um, I know I couldn't have got through it. Yeah. Um, and just hearing, just hearing all the stories um, about our child and how much. His short, but short life had an impact on just so many people's lives. It was so many 
it was so many kids and parents and adults that just came to his um wake and his funeral and they just were saying how much he was loved and impact he had on yeah, their lives. They loved that big, beautiful smile. He was always smiling. He was always upbeat, very manable, cheerful, um, a great listener, very um conscious, self conscious. Not self conscious, but very conscientious. Um he gave a lot of great advice in you know, I think the one thing that not to just not to just the people, just everyone, it, uh, whoever came in contact with him, it was, it was to his family. Yeah, you but know, that, he would listen to us. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, me and him would have deep conversations, and he would give me his yeah. advice and his opinion on the conversation that we was having, and it always was, you know. Not in emotional uh, place. It was always a calm mm-hmm. and soothing response to it. And you like, and you mad about what you're talking about, or you're 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 conflicted of what you're talking about to him. And he would just he like was very mature. Get, yes, just so mature for his age. You know what I'm saying? And just his whole spirit, it was just calmness. But also, he enjoyed life. Yeah. You know, he always told us, he always told anyone that would come in his contact or in his presence, just enjoy the moment. And I, you know, I have to admit that he did that. He, he enjoyed the moment. Although, I miss him terribly. You know, he, um, he really did enjoy the moment. I, I miss that boy so much. I miss his smile. I miss his hugs. I just missed his spirit, his aura. It was just a good aura. You know, you don't come in contact with too many people with just a positive nature, love, very loving nature aura. And Elijah really had that, you know, um, so, you know, while it was devastating for his immediate family, it was devastating for his extended family. And when I say his extended family, I mean his friends and their families and the adults and his teachers and his coaches and even players from other teams. You know, they, they talk so highly of him because he was really – just exceptional you know i don't i don't know how to explain it you know just hearing the stories and just knowing that my baby had such a positive or he left a positive legacy it's 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 beautiful but yet it's it's hard you know, it, it really is. As um, as a mother, you just you just don't know what to do or say or to think. You know, um, I think. For me, I'm trying to find 
some type of solace. I'm trying to deal with my feelings. Um, I'm really trying to deal with them because I'm the type of person that is very um, guarded. And I I don't express my feelings um, openly. You know, um, I'm very, um, I'm an introvert. So for me, this is uncharted waters. You know, I've experienced loss before. I've, I've experienced losing my grandmother. I've experienced losing my grandfather. And I've experienced losing other relatives, cousins, and my brother, you know. But this is a different experience because this was a part of me. You know, I carry Elijah for um, seven and maybe six and a half months. So he, me and him developed this bond. We bonded. And now that he's not here, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand why um, he wasn't sick or anything that we knew of. He wasn't on drugs. He wasn't. He wasn't drinking. It wasn't. He didn't pass due to an accident or anything. So, you know, he just went to sleep one night and just didn't wake up. And I'm trying to understand why. Um, why God took him like what was the purpose what is the purpose is it is it something that I'm not connecting with or understanding is it to change maybe the way that I live my life or how I interact with people or how I interact with myself how I doubt myself and um And not want to open up. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to find some type of peace with this um, situation, you know. Um, truth, how, you want to say something? Jean? How are, how are you trying to, what are your feelings? I guess that's what I want to say to you. How... Well, you know, my feelings is um, devastation still. Um, I just write songs. You know, I probably got like 12, 13 songs written. Um, it starts off about him, but then it, it goes off to my thoughts of society and things that's not right. Um, I'm mad at God. Um, I'm frustrated with uh, our current system and the way it is. Um, because they end up saying he passed from asthma, and it's like you know, then he had a heart attack or whatever, and it's just like I don't. I, don't, I feel like I don't they really don't that. know. Yeah, I don't. I, think they're just giving me something um it's like um you know 
couple of my songs, I just say it's like a nightmare and I can't, you know, escape it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm constantly living in it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can never really understand that the pain that I'm in, if you ain't never been through it. Yeah. Um, losing a child is is um a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. And your heart, once you get shocked, your heart never truly beats the same. Yeah. And your motivations change um, if you even have motivations um, for the last four months I really hasn't, have, I wasn't looking forward to what was next or anything I'm holding on for our youngest son yeah. Isaiah um, but eventually he's going to college yeah. and it's going to be just me and Delta which is scary because it's like even though he is physically here Isaiah he won't he won't be in the house with us so it's just gonna be me and you and our fur baby or my fur baby uh little true and um it's like that's another separation I guess or a loss um, I'm, I'm, I'm scared because it's like this has really um, has really uh, shooken my foundation although I'm trying to mentally and spiritually be here for our youngest son it's it's unimaginable Yeah, I I I don't think there's any words to describe this feeling or these emotions that you are that we that I'm experiencing. I'm not going to speak for anyone else because we all handle grief in different ways. But for me, it's it's like. I feel like, what do I have to live for? You know, or, or what am I moving on for? And, um, you know, people tell you that you have Isaiah. And it's like, yeah, I know I have him, but he's going to be living his own life. So, you know, they're like, well, why don't you go to counseling? Why don't you um, find a support group? And it's like, I'm in, you know, I'm in counseling, and to be honest, I feel like I'm just being told how to deal with this um, from a, a, a book, you know what I'm saying, from an um, educational point. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think some of the techniques that my counselor is trying to um, show me might help, but at the end of the day, when 
I'm alone and I'm in the room by myself or if I'm at home by myself and it's just me and I'm left with my thoughts and my feelings and I'm open and I'm I'm vulnerable those waves of emotions are just so unbearable it's to the point that I just can't even catch my breath to to breathe and to dissect what I'm feeling it's just it's just so much despair um and I was telling Eugene that the only thing that I find to be of some type of um, therapy is talking. It's doing the podcast um, where I can take my mind off of what I'm feeling and just be around other people and just express what I'm feeling and and, and listen to their viewpoints and... um, I, I I told uh, Eugene that we needed to do this podcast because it's so many people out there that might be going through what we're going through. Um, whether you lost a, a parent, a child, a close relative, um, a close friend, um, a, a grandparent, you know, how do you handle these? feelings these emotions and you know a lot of times people say well go to therapy or you know maybe you know get on some type of drugs but at the end of the day does it does it help does it really help you I mean I'm taking anxiety medicine and I'm going to therapy but um the anxiety makes me the anxiety medicine makes me sleep and the therapy it's I feel like it's not really working you know only thing I find comforting is you know potting you know I at first I was a little nervous about you know doing a podcast but just being able to do it it's it's been it's been an outlet an outlet from what I'm dealing with um Eugene, what you got to say about that? Um, I'd like to say how to comfort Isaiah in this process. How do we comfort Isaiah in this process? Okay. I'm going to let you go because I, I feel like I've been talking um, too much, too long. How do I comfort Isaiah is just to try to be there. It's hard, though. Um because he's dealing with his own set of emotions mm-hmm. that um, he's very angry yeah. through this process. And I understand it. Um, and you try to give distance, but how much distance you give is the problem. Because if you give too much and things go left, he end up doing something that he never recovered from. So. Just trying to be there, you know, having them conversations when he wanted to talk. Um, hug him. Try to hug him almost every day. Yeah. Um, try to make him feel that, you know, going to college is going to be a great change for him. Um, and try to find other outlets, you know. We went to the shooting range and... 
you know, just try to find little different things that kind of help them through the process. Yeah. I mean, I, I think during this process, it has really brought all of us out of our shells because, you know, we was pretty much homebodies. You know, we stayed home and, you know, we, you know, we watch movies and stuff and, you know, joke around and play games and everything. But, um, during this process, I, I noticed that I find myself watching Isaiah sleep. I know that might sound kind of creepy, but it's not. I'm just, you know. A little bit. <laughs> whatever. I'm just a little bit um, overprotective. And who wouldn't be, you know, doing something like this? But um, I constantly tell him I love him. I'm constantly hugging him. You know, um, we went out yesterday for for dinner and normally I'm like oh I don't want to be out in public because of my social anxiety and I start getting nervous and it's crowds of people and I start feeling claustrophobic but um it wasn't about me and that's something that in the past I never connected with I always thought about me and I didn't think about my boys or my husband and what they need at that moment. You know what I'm saying? So I, I enjoy, I enjoy my son. I enjoy every moment, you know, because, you know, nothing's promised. And um, I, I, I look, I, I'm happy that he's talking to me about school and about maybe going to prom and who he wants to take and, his prom suit, but also, you know, I, I, I tell him that it's okay to cry and to feel his emotions, let his emotions out. I know he's angry. I know he's hurting. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I think we both try our very best to help him and help him to process what he's feeling. And, um, you know, when he's crying, I make sure I hug him. And and tell him it's okay. Just let it out, you know, because this was a traumatic loss for him, you know. And I think he feels um, regret that he feel like he wasn't able to save his brother. And you know, I we I tell him that wasn't your fault, you know. Um, you did everything you could. He was. It was just his time. And I know that's not. What he wants to hear and me saying it, it's like sometimes I feel like it's very void when I say it, but it's the truth. You know, it it, it was just unfortunately, it was just his time. And um, I tell Isaiah to remember what his brother would have told him. Just enjoy the moment. And I, I tell him that you can always have him with you because you you carry his legacy with you in everything that you do, you know. So, um, so, um, for the future, what is your goal? Oh, I, you know, I thought about that question. I think about that a, a lot. And I, I know I want to continue to, to do podcasting. I want to continue with this podcast and I want to watch it 
I just want to reach someone. If it's one or two people, that's fine. Um, I, I know that this is part of it. Um, um, I want to watch Isaiah grow into um, a young man, a, a, a man. I want to watch him graduate from high school this year. Um, I want to drive him off to college. Um, I want to hear his stories of maybe his first semester in college. I'm just going to take it one step at a time. I'm not thinking long term. I'm just thinking getting through every moment. And I think that was the issue before. I was thinking about too many variables, things that I could not control that I can't control and I'm just gonna think about the stuff that I can control and what's up what's coming next you know so um yeah that's that's what my future is you um what are my goals and what does it look like um right now I'm in a uh mind state that I don't know um I want to live, but I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So it's like if um if I do better now than I was when he was here, I was uh, a terrible dad. Mm. Mm. So uh, that's deep. Deep what shape. does it look like? Uh, one day, day by day. Yeah. I'm um, just trying to get through. Yeah. You know, for me, the loss of Eli was different uh, to anyone in the house, I feel, because we was very close, you know. Um, my wife... Uh, When they was babies, you know, I don't want to say that she uh, put in their head, but she always respected it. I went out and worked and paid and took care of the stuff like a man's supposed to do. So she always had respect for me. And I think that they saw that and they saw, you know, her her gratefulness for me being in her life that. You, they kind of looked at you as Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like Elijah. Um, Elijah clinged to me. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I went, he wanted to go. Yeah. If I didn't want to go because I was doing wrong things, you know, he would cry. Mm-hmm. Um. If I was watching football, he was sitting right next to me watching football. He sure was. Um, if I was playing video games, he had a controller in his hand like he was playing. And as soon as he was five, four, he started playing video games. Um, soon he turned eight or nine, you know, I started playing against him in video games when he thought he could beat me. And that last all the way up till he was gone you know when he um 
before he passed the last year or two, you know, I was playing um, Madden franchise with him and his friends on the mic, listening to the, you know, rants and raves and, and, and they chemistry, just talking to each other. Um, me, him, Tyrese, uh, Isaiah, we all would play NBA 2K when Tyrese come over. And we'll Tyrese play. is his nephew. Yeah. Got to clarify. My little cousin. <laughs> and um, we all would play, you know, for hours every day that he was over. And it was just, that was our bonding time. And that's what we did all the time. And me and him, when he was 16, 17, we would hang and, and um, just have a good time. And um, that's what's, like, hard right now of a goal. And what does it look like is because the guilt. Yeah. And, and um, also, we don't know what it looks like. This is, like I said before, this is uncharted waters for us, you know. Um, but it says, how do you plan and carry on his memory? Um. What's how do you plan to carry on his memory? Mm-hmm. You can answer that. It's um when he passed, uh we saw the community come together and do things for me and our family that was I never saw done. It was unbelievable. I'm very grateful for, you know, and I'm going to say names. I'm grateful for Holly. I'm grateful for Dana. I'm grateful for Kelly. Um, Christy, sorry. But I'm grateful for those people that's been there for my wife and my family. Um, Shereen. Lovey. You know, I'm grateful for them people to... Uh, that helped us through the hardest time of our lives. Um, how do I carry on? And how do I how do I plan to carry his memory? I think just living life and um giving something to those who are don't have. And you what need to do clarify I, that giving some to those that don't have. What do you um, mean? Love. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what he did. He he uh he treated everyone equally and the same. I was very big in adoption and uh, foster care. Mm-hmm. So that's really on my mind. Um, but I struggle with it because it comes to the point of guilt. But also replacement, like I'm trying to replace him, and I don't want no one, uh, his brother, or anyone looking on the outside or my wife to think I'm trying to replace him. I'm just trying to give to something to someone that never had, mm-hmm. or someone that's going through something hard and they just need that uplift, you know. That's holding his memory for me, and that's uh, putting a positive thing on this life. Mm. Me being a success means nothing. 
but helping others means the world to me. Man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that question because because I just want my child back. Yeah. But I know that that's not gonna happen, so I have to just take it one step at a time. Um, I I share some of your sentiments when it comes to maybe well adoption and mentoring. You know, it's so many, so many people out there that just need unconditional love. Yeah. And um, you know, this world is so cold and so heartless. And um, I look at. Not just Elijah, but Isaiah, and I just see how loving they are. You know, yeah. um, Isaiah is a little bit more um, <laughs> bullheaded, and uh, and um, he a Capricorn, so I, I'll I'll leave it at that. But um, Elijah Elijah showed nothing but unconditional love to everyone. You know, he didn't judge you. Um, no matter what anyone says, he he got to know people for himself. Yeah. And I think going forward, the way to honor his memory is for me to get to know people for myself and just um, try to live each day doing what he would have wanted me to do and what he did which is enjoy each moment yeah um i can't give a definite answer because i don't know i don't know i i'm still trying to i'm still trying to um process this you know um Maybe down the line, I, I I probably will have an answer for how to honor his memory. But um, right now, I don't. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to get through each day, day by day. And um, you know, that's all I that's all I can say for for that. Anything else you want to add before um, we get out of here? Um, this is the first episode of Loving Everyone Equally. Um, I hope doing this pod, it can be therapy for me and my wife and those who are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need help, seek help. Yeah. Um. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. But with the right people. Yeah. I would say that too. And I, I just wanted to add this. Um, we, 
will provide like updates on how we're dealing with this because I think this is something this is a process you know and I think as we try to navigate through this it would be only but right to just provide updates with what we're doing and how we're dealing with it and um and you know um I I hope that you know our story um touch someone like I said that might be going through the loss of a loved one and that doesn't know how to um deal with their grief or how to deal with their grieving it's so important to to get the necessary help that you need and not just bury it and and not talk about it but talk about it with the right people and um, if you have any questions please please email us at landmineentertainment at yahoo.com and you know we'll try our very best to um, in the next podcast to answer those questions but um we want to thank y'all so much for just listening to our first podcast and listening to our story. And if you want to provide us with your stories, we would be more than happy to, um, you know, read them. And, um, yeah. And um, um, God bless. And y'all take care. I'm missing you. I'm missing you. I'm missing you. Wishing you was love, I said I'm missing you. Be kind on the sky for everyone you lost. My door has been locked and you the key that's locked.